Thank you for listening, and welcome back to Address Unknown. This is episode five. We are Jonica and Mark, and we are coming to you from New Zealand. Yes, that's right, the trip has begun. We spent a quick, jam-packed four days in Sydney, and now we're spending some time exploring the North Island of New Zealand. Yep, just us and the Kiwis, hanging out. Before we get into this episode, first, we want to say a huge thank you to all of our friends and family who, along this journey, leading up to this journey, took time to see us message us text us email us giving us words of encouragement it honestly means so so much and we feel so lucky to have such amazing people in our lives and something that feels so daunting and scary it has made us feel incredibly supportive so thank you everyone you know who you are our moms our dads our cousins our uncles i mean it's the list goes on so thank you thank you but before we get into it let's quickly talk about the actual trip here i guess not here the first stop being australia to get to australia we we flew on delta which as many of you know if you know me i have been a loyal delta customer forever i am delta through and through But they are changing the way that they give status and limiting their lounge access starting in 2025. Now, I know that they sent out an email today talking about how, like, we might have been a little harsh. We're going to change a few things. It's still pretty not cool, in my opinion. I don't think I'm going to be an exclusive Delta flyer any longer. To be honest... Even if they wouldn't have made these changes, I might be switching. Part of it being because we are on this trip. Delta doesn't have a large presence, even with the Sky Team Alliance, in a lot of the countries that we're going to. But also, if they're not going to give you the rewards for spending all of your money, traveling with them all the time, why would you do that with just one airline? Uh, you know, this is going to sound kind of elitist. I realize that, but I used to travel a ton for work. I have been platinum for a long time. I have never been diamond. I always aspired to be diamond. It never happened. But even still, I used to get upgraded fairly often. And outside of the automatic upgrade to Comfort Plus, I don't remember the last time that I was upgraded. I'm so far down the list that I'm not even on the list anymore. And so, again, why would I stick with an airline if, if that's going to be the way it's going to be? While being a very loyal Delta customer, I've had a Delta Reserve Amex for almost eight years, and it has great perks. You get a free companion pass every year. You get a lot of in flight drink vouchers. You get two guest passes to the Delta Sky Lounge a year, amongst other things. So that's why I had this card. But it will also cost you $550 every single year. So if you use it and you are a Delta loyalist, then it makes sense. Before this trip, I decided actually to also get a Amex Platinum card, 
which is not tied to to delta so you can kind of use your your perks your miles as you wish there are a lot of other things that you get with this card to be totally honest i haven't dug into it yet but on top of being able to use your points as you wish you get into tons of lounges around the world you get usually at least two guests in for free into those lounges um, and they have amazing travel insurance so for delays for bit lost baggage all sorts of things it covers you for a lot this card however costs you 695 dollars so it definitely is not cheap but if you travel a lot you like your lounges uh, you're able to tap into those perks it definitely could be worthwhile that's my rant on the cards and the loyalty finally <laughs> rant over so just to be clear uh Jonica nor i are endorsed by american express right this is not some Jonica is just like an avid card holder of several credit cards and and so you gotta play the game yeah you're playing the game right listen i, I benefit from the game i'll be real honest Jonica gets me in the lounge i don't you know as a guest uh, it's it's a win-win for both of us. She's really the one that dominates the points game here. Mm-hmm. But so aside from the cards and how you can benefit from the points, let's let's get into the first leg of this journey. First step, we boarded a three and a half hour flight from Minneapolis, Minnesota, en route to LAX, leaving at six thirty at night. Jonica had just gotten her two guest passes for the Delta Lounge through her Delta Reserve Amex. So we used one of those and killed some time at Minneapolis International Airport. There is a new Delta Lounge down by Gates G, which also falls in line or is comparable to other Delta Lounges throughout the United States. The new new digs. LAX, mm-hmm. NYC, etc. These clubs also give a great opportunity for a pre-flight meal. Gives you the chance to load up on some extra snacks and the bar offers select free drinks making it worth the price at least to us yeah if i didn't have these guest passes it would be fifty dollars for you to get in i get in for free and if you think about it you go to the airport you buy a meal if you're having a drink or two i mean hell even if you don't get any drinks and you just get a meal two people eating will cost you fifty dollars at an airport easy so totally worth it in our opinion and obviously having the guest passes make it a no-brainer um we then boarded our flight to lax we were able to bring both our bags along on board that was our goal they didn't want to check right correct the idea check baggage long-term trip bad news so we got our 40 liter Patagonia packs on that went overhead and we put our 30 liter duffel bags below our seats. Easy, comfortable, no problem. Our strategy was to stay awake on this flight knowing what time it was in Australia and that we had another very long flight ahead of us. I will say the app Time Shifter available through the App Store helped me personally. It sets up when to go to sleep and when to wake up in days leading up to a long-term trip in which you'll experience jet lag i thought it was a lot of fooey i will say i tried to say like you can drink coffee for these many hours or you can't or like it's minnesota and it's two o'clock p.m but don't be in the sun so 
Uh, the the app's free, okay, the first time. So if anybody wants it, you can use it free one time, and then it costs you money, okay? I just get on a plane, and I'm like, all right, cool. It's 9 o'clock p.m. where we're going, and so let's try to stay awake for a number of hours. Some of us are not seasoned veterans due to work as far as international travel, so <laughs> we will move on from... You liked it. I didn't feel the need for it, but you felt good using it, and that's all that matters. Thank, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So at 9.30 p.m., we boarded our 15-hour flight from L.A. to Sydney. Mm -hmm. We again had Comfort Plus, thanks to Jonica. Mm -hmm. So boarded early, and we were able to stash both bags in the overhead because we could fit both on top of each other. So win-win, no check baggage. Yep, and none underneath the seat, which was amazing because that... I think that's the longest flight that either of us has been on, like, continuously. We've been on some long flights, uh, but this one was, was the longest and it felt like it, but we did it. Compression socks and all. So after that, 15 hours, we landed in Sydney and it was 7.30 AM local time. I think we were both shocked, but customs was super quick and easy. You have to get your visa ahead of time. They ask you a lot of questions. Um, honestly, it was, it was very, very quick. After that, we jumped on the train. It took us about 25 minutes to get us to the city center where we were staying. And it was only about $13 US dollars each. Uh, so very quick, very easy, very cheap. The good part about this, the subway system in Sydney, it all runs on credit cards. Yeah, you and just tap. You just tap. So you tap on your way in, you tap on your way out. No nonsense. No. A lot of places could learn from such simplicity. Yeah. I mean, we did look to see if we could get like a discount card for a week or something. I think that definitely used to be a thing most places. Mm -hmm. But now with the tap, that's kind of gone. And yeah, you just tap tap it out. We didn't use any cash. No, not Sydney at all. No. Okay. Not a single dollar. Um anyway, we got to our Airbnb. And we had rented it the night before, actually, because we knew we were getting in so early. And as everyone knows, Airbnbs, hotels, what, check-in time is anywhere between 2 and 4 o'clock, which I won't go into it. I think it's a racket. It's so annoying. But so we rented it the night before because we knew we'd get there early. And at 9 a.m., I think we were at our Airbnb. So got in, showered, brushed our teeth. And decided to go get a coffee and hit the ground running because I think it's best to just go, go, go as long as you can and try to act like you are acclimated and be on the time of the place that that you are. I'll say with that time shift draft, I felt great. (laughs) I drank coffee at the right times. (laughs) I felt wonderful. (laughs) Anyway, we went and got our coffee. One of our friends, people that live in New York, this is not a new thing, but I, I think it is to a lot of people. A flat white, one of our Australian friends was like, get a flat white. There is a debate if the flat white was invented in either Australia or New Zealand. There seems to be a lot of uh, rivalry between Australia and New Zealand on a lot of things, but this is this is one of them. So a flat white coffee... The difference between, just so you know, a flat white and a cappuccino, a flat white is much creamier thanks to the amount of steamed milk and also contains higher amount of caffeine. So that was good. That was good for us on that first day um, as it contains two shots of espresso. 
whereas a cappuccino is made of only one shot of espresso with steamed milk and then topped with milk foam. So that is a flat white. Now, now you know, just in case. You can go order one. Get a flat white. Yeah. All right. Get it. I like them. So the great thing about our Airbnb is that it was based in the Darlinghurst neighborhood of Sydney. Can I say it? It's it's the gayberhood. Oh, yeah. 100% gayberhood. Yeah. And and those of you that know us know that we, we love we love a good gayberhood. It was super close to everything, very walkable. So we said coffee's in hand, a couple flat whites. We headed out to explore Sydney. But before we get into day one of Sydney, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. back this is episode five of address unknown finally traveling <laughs> finally not in, not in our parents house or a closet in a, in, yep. a, in, a in, in pennsylvania it's finally happening everyone we are talking about what we did and saw on day one in sydney australia we i are think s- something to note though too and and this is where we were kind of dumb is we left on the 11th right a wednesday and we didn't land until Friday. The 13th. Friday at 7 a.m. Friday, yeah. So we kind of miscalculated that a bit. But here we are. Right. Day one, Friday the 13th. And we are staying very close to Hyde Park, central Sydney here. Mm -hmm. So we took a stroll through the park on our way to grab some lunch. A little fun fact about Hyde Park. It is the oldest public park in Australia. We're talking lots of war memorials. There is a huge memorial to Captain James Cook look him up sort of founded the country mm-hmm. it's 40 plus acres this place was built from 1810 to 1927 it's famous for its fig trees the archibald fountain which is think mike white very white lotus yeah straddling some sort of like steer headed man like very very white lotus you you can hear the theme song yeah in, in let your imaginations run on that we're, we're staying in the neighborhood and we're talking about mike white do you think that captain hook was named after captain cook i'll let listeners <laughs> dig into that it just popped into my head i don't know it's too similar right yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah anywho one was fictitious you you guys decide who okay <laughs> once okay so we then once through hyde park we made our way to chifley tower hope i'm saying that right sorry for all the aussies the accent's probably not correct chifley tower as we wanted to grab some food to bring to the royal botanical gardens for a picnic in the park yeah that was one of the tips from some of my aussie friends was to go have a picnic in the botanical gardens so that's what we did we went to the tower and it's super cool actually like we went somewhere very similar in tokyo um multi-levels obviously so the ground level had sit-down restaurants second floor was all these retail shops it was super bougie there was like a laura piano in there 
very expensive. Power lunches is what's happening in the first Yes, yeah. very much so. Yes, people who wear their suits to lunch. The top floor was kind of this like food hall, food garden situation with lots of different options. They had a salad restaurant, sandwiches, ramen, pho. Um, we opted for, there was this place that had tons of different types of spring rolls. Like 10 different kinds, 15 different kinds. I've never seen so many and they were amazing. We got a tofu one. We got a beef one and Farber got a boiled chicken one that I think you said was your favorite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. was, they were, they were very, very good. And then there was an amazing sushi place, um, where I got some sashimi. I was very excited after being landlocked for a little while to, to go get some very fresh sushi. And off we went to the Royal Botanical Gardens. Now these gardens, 74 acres, massive, huge, all these different little areas. It is the largest botanical garden in Australia. It opened way back in 1816 and is actually the oldest scientific institute in Australia, interestingly enough. Um, also, what blew, the best part? What what blew our mind is it was free. Maybe it's living in New York for the past 11 years. But yeah, you go to the New York Botanical Gardens. It's going to cost you 25 to $35 to get in. Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. We had a membership for because, it, again, it would cost you $25 every single time you wanted to go in. And I can tell you, it, it ain't 74 acres. No, no. <laughs> so to be able to walk into this garden completely free and go wherever um, was blue blue our minds it was uh, so well kept yeah there was trash cans everywhere very clean lots of public bathrooms several free public bathrooms yep. mm-hmm. and and it was unlike a traditional botanical garden let's say or public park in uh in the states especially in new york Durf. let's just say that beautiful garden there were tons of birds they don't have a lot of the other animals mammals that we have in the states so there were tons of birders walking around we had lunch next to this area called two ponds it was beautiful after we got done eating we walked to the opera house and the opera house butts up basically to the botanical gardens obviously a lot of people know the, the Opera House. It's a very famous building. It's kind of what you think of when you think of Sydney. Some people love the design. Some people don't. It seems to be very polarizing. But it was designed by this Danish architect, Jorn Jutzen. Um, but it was completed by an Australian architectural team headed by Peter Hall. So that's kind of interesting that, you know, someone designed it and started to build it, but then someone else carried it out and finished it. I think that's not, that's not normal. There's, there's probably some like. politics in there. Dig into that. A yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And it was formally opened by Queen Elizabeth II on October 20th, 1973. Yutsen uh, actually won a international design competition for for the design of of the opera house, and that's how they decided to build it. Another cool fact that that I didn't know is that the government decides to light up what is what they refer to as the sails, obviously, kind of like the top roof, you know, area of of the building for special events and occasions. And one thing that was very controversial this year is that King Charles coronation, they were going to light up the sails, but the government decided that the sails have been lit too often 
And actually, it's pretty spendy to light those sails. It costs the taxpayers somewhere between eighty dollars to $100,000 each time. So, sorry, Charles, you you ain't important as the, uh, as the queen. No sail lighting for you. While walking around the Sydney Opera House, we were constantly swatting away flies. Oh, Lord. Disgusting. They are literally everywhere in Sydney. Small house flies. It's not like they bite you. No. Like like flies in the States, you know, they can bite you and that hurts. These just, didn't bite you. Just super just annoying. Annoying. Yeah. We asked all of these people in Sydney as to why this was happening. It was like a plague. Yeah. And one of the reasons this is happening is that the last two years have been La Nina years. And this year is an El Nino year. So the change in winds, the currents have led to this weather which has created the perfect condition for the flies to hatch that have been dormant for several years and they've now come out and are swarming Sydney at dusk and dawn. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's like some of the flies only live a couple of days. Some of them live a month. But I mean, we were walking around and this guy, he had a white t-shirt on so you could see really well, but literally dude had, what, 20 to 30 flies on his back. Yeah. Like yeah. It was just, ugh, it was... Again, they didn't hurt, they weren't biting, but just a nuisance, and you just it just felt gross. Turns out to be just a lot of flies. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of that minor letdown, <laughs> we ended up grabbing a drink at the Opera Bar. Powered through the flies. Yeah, just this, this, the Opera Bar is located just below the Sydney Opera House. Took a little bench there to soak in the views before we headed back to our Airbnb. Mm-hmm. We had dinner that evening in Surrey Hill. After dinner, we stopped for a drink at a bar just down the way from our Airbnb in Darlinghurst called Tucano's. Mm -hmm. This was a very cool place. Super cool. Great, interesting cocktail menu. Tiki bar, to be clear. Brand new. Yep, yep. Bar manager came over to us. He noticed we were admiring some of the, like, various types of marble that are in this bar. Started chatting us up. Steve was awesome. He he had gave us a complimentary drink, sent him an email saying, hey, listen, do you have any recommendations for us? And he sent us an entire list of bars, restaurants, places to check out while in Sydney. Mm-hmm. On day two, we woke up, each got a little bit of a workout in the morning, and then it was time for us to head to the marina because we were going out on a sailboat. I'm on a boat. Our friend Bridget, whom we had met in New York years ago through our mutual friend Maddie, moved back to Sydney during the pandemic. We were excited to see her and catch up after all this time. And lucky for us, she has a friend who happens to have a 32-foot sailboat. And she was so kind to arrange this and, and make this happen for us. So thank you, Bridget. So three people who live in Sydney, two people who came to visit who live in melbourne Mm -hmm. and the two of us spent the afternoon in the sydney harbor on the sailboat sailing swimming eating lunch having drinks and getting to know one another it was an amazing afternoon tough to beat this type of experience on the second day of a trip around the world where the bar is set high i don't know where we're going from here. yeah yeah so 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 lucky um yeah incredible the views the weather was perfect the water was freezing. The The company, the people were incredible. We feel very, very lucky to have met what I will call some new friends. Yeah. Good peeps. Mm-hmm. We got off the boat that afternoon. 
rushed back to the Airbnb, mm-hmm. shower, shave, and went out to meet one of our other old New York friends, Leo, and his boyfriend, Dennis, for dinner. Yeah, it was a reunion day. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. A lot of you listening probably know this, but some of you don't. For some reason, there's a ton of Australians in advertising in in New York. So when we were making the list of people that we knew in various countries, I had a lot. But it's not as though everyone is like a super tight connection, but it kind of started to blow my mind how many people that I know that are either from Australia or have moved back to Australia um, that we could hit up and get the wrecks, get the hookups, get all the things. And one of those being Leo. And Leo and I work together. Mother, uh, we've been friends for a long time. And Leo also actually moved back to Sydney during the pandemic. So it was great to see him, meet his partner, Dennis, and have dinner with them after all these years. They booked us a reservation at this amazing place. Super good food, drinks. Uh, It's kind of like a restaurant club yeah not not for people like myself hard of hearing in the club atmosphere <laughs> it was could, great dinner but I couldn't, I couldn't hear a damn thing yeah, a lot yeah. of smiling and nodding happened. yeah yeah but uh chin chin really yeah. really good i think there is actually one in uh melbourne as well uh but highly recommend it if you're in either one of those cities okay day, on to day the third three. day it was gonna be a beautiful day absolutely perfect i believe it was a sunday and so we took the bus to bondi beach because that's what you do when you're in sydney you can't go to sydney and not go to bondi definitely worth a stop yeah incredible took that bus jumped on quick 30 minutes it was right across the street from our airbnb and it was uh, two to three dollars yeah yeah each way yeah amazing um we took the bus to the very north point of bondi and that beach was packed. Like I said, it was a perfect day, Sunday, 77 degrees Fahrenheit for you, uh, you know, Americans listening. Uh, we're trying to learn Celsius, so that's... We're working on this. We're work in progress. On, but I'm still going to say 77 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for the high. It was, it was incredible. It was a very, very perfect day. So we started walking, and we got to see the iconic Bondi Iceberg Pool. You've probably seen it. It's amazing to see in person. It's so just like bright and vivid and these people are doing laps and then the waves come over and crash into the pool. Um, Just very, very, very beautiful view. We kept walking and there's this amazing ocean path that you walk the coastline and it weaves in and out and you have incredible views the entire time. And as you're walking, you come upon beach after beach after beach and each one is totally different. There's a dog beach, there's a kid beach, there's beaches that have natural pools. It just feels very different than beaches in, in the States, especially like when you think of like a Venice or a Santa Monica, they definitely are like these little pockets that have very different vibes. The nice thing was is the path was not that hard. Our goal was to walk all the way to Koji. Um, and as you got closer to Koji, it does tend to get a little bit steep and there's some stairs. I mean, we saw some people actually doing it barefoot and I have no idea. I wouldn't suggest that. No, this is not a sand walk. No, 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 no. I mean, I, yeah, I, I made me cringe. I, I have very sensitive feet. I could not do it, but there were definitely people doing it. Um, we got to Koji, very, very pretty. 
tons of evergreens actually surrounding the beach. So again, very different than the other beaches that we had walked past. The vibe was a bit younger, a little bit more hippie, crunchy vibes. And we ate lunch at this place called The Pavilion. And after that, went and sat on the beach for a while. You went for a dip. I had had enough of the freezing water the day before. So I just sat and observed all the people. And after that, we decided to walk back to Bondi. Because, you know, you need to work off that lunch. We wanted lunch. those steps. We wanted to get in some steps Yep, this get day. those steps. Wanted all that walking. Yeah, one way from Bondi to Koji is just a little over 3.5 miles. So you can do the math. Uh, once we got back to Bondi, we crammed into the bus to get back to Darlinghurst. It really was like sardines. It was like... It was like rush hour traffic. On a subway in New York. Yeah. It was prime commuting time. Yeah. Everyone wanted to get back to the city. They were done being sandy, done being in the in the ocean. Sunned out, sanded out. Yes. Yeah. It was it was very tight on that bus. Uh, but it was great. Super easy. We went back, showered, and walked to dinner in Potts Point. Had a dinner at a place called Apollo, which was Mediterranean amazing wine list, lovely ambiance. It was great. And on our walk back from there to the Airbnb, we stopped at a place called the Shady Pines Saloon. I had read about it. Steve from Tucano's had told us to go there. And we walked in and we're like, oh, we're, uh, we're back. We're back in either Pennsylvania or Minneapolis. It was the quintessential, I'm using air quotes right now, American dive bar. Taxidermy on the walls, country classic rock music playing. You buy a Coors Light there yes. for six bucks. For six everybody bucks. was drinking Coors Light. Everybody. Everyone felt very American. Yeah. And we were like, gross, don't drink that. The, 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 the amazing part about it is that people were taking all these selfies with like the large elk. They'd never seen a moose before. Or a moose or a deer. And I thought we'd do the same thing if it was a kangaroo. Yeah. Or if it was a wallaby. So it only made sense that they were doing this. But it was a very cool supper club-esque style bar. Yep. Dive bar, yeah. And also the drinks were incredibly good. And the service was amazing. The bar staff was incredibly friendly. One of the bartenders actually took time to write out a list of restaurant and bar recommendations for us. Uh, So... We now have quite the extensive list of amazing cocktail bars and restaurants in Sydney. Yeah, and we will be putting these recommendations on the website from the bar manager and bartender. So check it out. They'll be listed them there. They're all very close to one another or at least in central Sydney. A lot of them. Yep. Yeah. If you're ever going to be in Sydney, there is a list for you. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break before we dive into our first day and a half in New Zealand. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Address Unknown, episode number five. We were just discussing Sydney and on our last day, before we took off to fly to New Zealand, it was a little bit rainy, a little bit chilly, and a very windy day overall. Plus, we were both feeling a bit run down, so we decided to take it easy. Which you just need to do it sometimes. Gotta do it. 
Of course, we felt guilty not getting out and seeing more of the city, but since this is now our life, we need to listen to our bodies, we have to listen to our minds, and take a break every now and then, no matter where we are, no matter how long or short we are there for. Yep. This is this is life. This isn't vacation. This is traveling, and so there's just going to be days where maybe we're not feeling great, maybe we're just feeling tired, and we just need to chill, chill a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next day... We headed back to Sydney Airport. We boarded our Jetstar flight to Auckland. We had heard rumors and horror stories about Jetstar Airlines, but while the planes are basic, we were only about 30 minutes delayed and the service on board was awesome. Our friend Tim from Pennsylvania had put us in touch with a longtime friend of his that now lives with her husband in New Zealand. They own and operate a 650-acre sheep and cattle farm outside the town of Nungawahia. This is about an hour and a half, roughly, south of Auckland. We could not pass up this great opportunity to not only meet an old, lifelong friend of Tim's, but also to stay on the working farm. So Simon picked us up at the airport brought us back to the house we met up with Sonia these two were just great amazing hosts on night one we ate a lamb roast from the farm Mm -hmm. drank some good wine and got to know one another the next day we got a tour of the farm I got to hold a baby lamb which certainly had a fair amount of shit on it It and you were wearing a white t-shirt it was a bad decision to wear a white t-shirt to the farm Mm -hmm. okay I regretted it afterwards (laughs) And we toured the sheep shearing facilities. Later that day, we drove to Raglan to have fish and chips and to check out the beach and watch the surfers. It's famous because it's a very long, I know nothing about surfing, so don't like kill me, but a very long ride, right? Like you normally people hop on, they get on the wave, you ride for a little bit and then boop, it's done. This went on and on and on. It'd be like comparable to riding... A, a, a hill versus a mountain. Yeah. Essentially. So, we spent the evening again with Simon and Sonia at their house. Great conversations. The next morning, they dropped us off so that we could catch our bus to Rotorua, where we'll be spending a couple of days in the land of sulfur-smelling hot springs. Yes, Ru- that's where we are right now. Yeah. But... Live from Rotorua. Live from Rotorua. Yeah. Ra- we- live from Rotorua. <laughs> We were really, uh, just all joking aside, really lucky to have met up with these new friends, Simon and Sonia. Such a really cool experience to be with the two of them on the farm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Sonia and Simon. All right, really quick, uh, before we get into our love and learn, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, we are back. Episode 5, coming at you live from New Zealand. Uh, But really quickly before we get into our love and learn, we wanted to touch on something that happened uh, while we were in Australia. There was a very large vote that happened to 
amend the Constitution in order to recognize the First Nations people of Australia. Yep, formerly known as the Aborigines, which is not politically correct. Yeah, indigenous people. Um, but it did not pass. It was it was crazy. When we go to a place, a lot of times we'll watch the local news to figure out what is going on, be it little, be it big. And when we got to Sydney, we quit, we started seeing all of these posters all over saying, like, vote yes. And we are like, what is this vote? Quickly learning that it was a, a very big deal. Um, and then as, as quickly as it started, it, I mean, I'm sure it was going on for a long time, but for us, um, it was, it was over. I mean, literally a couple hours, I think even before the polls closed everywhere, they called it and it, it did not pass. Referendum failed. Yep. It did not pass by a long shot. We were flabbergasted. We were shocked that this didn't pass. And we talked about it a lot with our friends and the people that we met while we were in Sydney, all of whom voted yes, by the way. Um, But, you know, they were saying there was a lot behind it that the government had botched the communication of the vote and what it meant from the onset. They did not message it right. People were confused. They did not understand what they were voting for. I have no idea what voting is like in Australia. To us, it was shocking, though, that people would not take it upon themselves to educate themselves and get the facts. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, the referendum, it failed. Uh, it was it was huge, though. It was historic. It was the first time, I think, that this country, Australia, had taken strides to, to recognize their, their first people. But unfortunately, it, it did not pass for one reason or another. And obviously, right now in the world, there is a ton of fear and sadness and feelings of hopelessness and despair. So, you know, it was just kind of like layering on the cake of sadness that, that is happening right now. At the end of the day, while it's disappointing that that did not pass, it was very interesting to be here during a very historic vote that, in our opinion, did not go the right way. Okay. No. Now, as we end every one of our episodes... We discuss our love and our learn from the previous couple weeks. So, Jonica, start us off here. What is your love and what is your learn? My love was our sailboat day. And not because we got to go on a sailboat. That was, you know, awesome and super cool. And we feel very lucky that that happened. But because of the people that we met... We got to meet people that actually have like really cool, interesting jobs, mm-hmm. both in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, Bridget being a friend that we hadn't seen in a really long time and just falling into the groove like no time had passed and just talking like we talk every single day and hearing about these people's lives and their businesses, their endeavors and just the Aussie way of life was something that I loved. Okay, okay. That's, and what about your learn? My learn is that you make plans. And I feel like I've said something similar to this before, but it, this is kind of like a new angle on it. But you make plans, but life gets in the way. I think you alluded to it before, but both of us have been 
especially now a little under the weather. I think, you know, we, we talked about we wanted to record this podcast while we were in Australia, and that was totally our plan. We had it all mapped out. We were ready to, to record, and you felt like I got shit. Sick. I, felt, I felt terrible. You felt like shit, and, you know, at the end of the day, it just didn't work out. And also, I will say the Airbnb, while we love Darlinghurst, it was so loud. Um, so we know that that's going to happen, obviously. We're going to be recording this podcast from a van very shortly, um, so it will be loud. It won't always be quiet, but that place was, whew, Garbage trucks every five seconds. Um, woo people every singing, five seconds. Nightly singing yes. outside the so, Airbnb. Again, you can plan. You can want to get things out. Horrible Wi-Fi. I, I don't even know like when this episode is actually going to go out because our Wi-Fi here is so bad. So you can plan. You can want to do things. But you know what? Life happens. Things happen. And you just got to roll with it. And even though you want to put your podcast in the world the world might have different plans it's a super long learn <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> all right uh what about you what's your love so it, this probably comes as no surprise to anybody who's traveled for one week or one year or 10 years you gotta ask people for the recommendations and this is really what i loved is that just going to a restaurant or just going to a bar or being at the opera house outside asking people for recommendations in in turn you get a huge list of places to go and people are very excited to talk about where they're from Mm -hmm. so they will give you all sorts of resources and things to do and point you in the right direction so that's that's really what i loved right Mm -hmm. we ended up on the sheep farm because of a a recommendation from a friend Mm -hmm. we met new friends who live in melbourne who we may see in the next couple weeks Mm -hmm. this just took place on the boat in sydney right so we it's these experiences that you don't plan for, yet you ask the right people and they point you to the right place. I love that. The learn. What's Ooh. your learn? Oh. Give me your learn. So not to reiterate to what you know what Jonica was saying, but the learn, and I think we will make it better at it. I hope. Uh, get to know the Airbnb location you're going to be in. We thought being in Darlinghurst would be so much fun, and it was. But it wasn't conducive to jet lag. It wasn't conducive to surviving the first three days of your trip. We both fell sick. We both were up all night long, on and off. It was loud, you know, all these things. And you just kind of got to read your area and where it you want to be. It was a neighborhood that was very much like corn dog, corn dog, corn dog. It was a party neighborhood, and that, which is fun. That's why I wanted to be there. But when it comes to sleeping... We, we needed, like, a more suburban, boring neighborhood, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to resist the gay road. Yeah. It's always a fun place to be. And it was a great location. Yep. Really, really good. Yeah, that's my learn, Yep. if you will. All right. So, as we said, we are going to be in New Zealand for a little while now. We'll be here for about the next two weeks. I guess it depends on when this comes out, but that's when we're recording this, and that's the plan. Um, so more Kiwi adventures to come, including what we've been doing here in Rotorua. Rotorua. I'm so bad at pronouncing these names. Keep listening. Bye. Bye.